0: بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المستفع محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما الله في الأردن جلظة على فرج الشريخ <laughs> Allahumma akhrijni min zhulumat al wa akhrimni bin al Allahumma aftah alayna abba wa rahmatik wa alayna khazana ulumik wa rahmatik, ya arhamar rahmin. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah, we have Tawfiq to, to have our second session on followership. After talking about the significance of this subject, we talked about some of the qualifications needed in order to be a good follower. And we started with taqwa. There is no way to be a good follower, a good Shia, a good helper for Imam Mahdi, (laughs) al Ta'ala Farajah al-Sharif, or those who under him lead us, except with taqwa. The other quality that I want to discuss tonight is something that is easy to say, but it's very difficult and demanding. And that is to be not interested in our personal, selfish interests. Maybe we think that we can be selfish in our personal life but it's obvious when we are doing something religious we are not selfish if we want to promote our uh, mosque if we want to promote our i don't know group if we want to promote our i don't know madrasa our majales, our scholars here we are not selfish I'm not putting my name. My name is not there. But the reality is that it's very, very difficult to get rid of all aspects of ego. Ego has many layers. And some of them remain with us even if we are believers, even if we are working hard for religion, maybe even if we offer our life, still it doesn't mean that we have been able to empty ourselves from ego. So this is an area that I want to reflect more because I think this is where many of problems happen. Before I mention some hadith about khulus or sincerity, I should mention that there are two types of Love for Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. I have said this in some other occasions. The first time this concept came to my mind was around 2011 or 2012. I had taken a group of PhD students from POM to Italy, And we had a discussion in Rome about love between Islam and Christianity. And then this came to my mind. I said, there are two types of love for God. Those who don't have love for God, that's another issue. Unfortunately, there are people who have not experienced love for God. And they are very much suffering. Maybe they don't admit, but they are like people who are really orphaned, have no sense of connection and belonging to this world. Every problem can challenge them because there is no one that cares for them or, you know, Loves them. So they suffer a lot. That's another issue. But I am talking about those people who are believers. And they have love for God. These people themselves are two groups. Some of them. Many of them. Maybe. Most of them are from the first group, but I don't dare to say most of them, so I say many of them are from the first group. They love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as they love an object that belongs to them. You love your car. Yeah, you love it. You love your home. You love your job. You love your family, your children. But what does it mean you love them? It means that you feel that you own them. Or if we cannot say we own them like, for example, human beings, like family children. Anyway, you have some kind of... uh, possession or some type of priority, some type of control, and other people don't have this and they shouldn't think of having it, you decide whether they should be able, for example, to use your car or not, whether they should be able to come to your home or not. It's yours. Okay? Sometimes people say we love God in the same way. I call this possessive love for God. You possess God. When God is possessed by you, then you decide, Who can say, I believe in that God, I worship that God, I serve that God. And when I say you, you can be a person, you can be a group, can be a sect, can be a tribe, can be a religion. But it's important that you are in that group, you and the people that you associate with. Many religious people, maybe unconsciously, they think they have monopoly over God. If someone is not good with them, cannot be good with God. If someone belongs to another school or denomination, or another religion, would be thousands of miles away from God. Because I am where is the center of the truth. I am where God is present. So, They think they have some kind of monopoly over God. And what happens is that then God is no longer God of all humanity. God is no longer God who is caring for all human beings. God is God of us. Either he doesn't care about others, or at least he gives preference to us, some privilege. Because we put in God's thoughts and plans our thoughts and plans. We project our desires to God. You see, in the course of history, how much people have suffered from violence, killing in the name of God, in the name of religion. I don't say most of them, as some people who are against religions, they want to put all the blame on religious people. No, I don't want to say that. And actually, as I am explaining, this is not a problem with religion, this is a problem of human beings. They can misuse everything, even religion. They can misuse science, they can mis- misuse democracy, they can misuse everything. It's a moral problem in humanity. But for sure, part of tragedies in the course of history has been tragedy, tragedies caused by misuse of religion, by misunderstanding the will of God. Two people from same religion condemn each other, reject each other, excommunicate each other, sometimes kill each other, or one of them kills the other, maybe the other one doesn't react, but anyway, killing goes on. Why? Because they think, they understand the will of God, and God wants them to do this. But in reality what happens is they have already a selfish game inside and they try to use God as a support. When God becomes God of a tribe, for example, then that God cannot treat this tribe and other tribes equally. It's impossible. If you have God of a certain group of people, God of a certain nation, certain a race, that God cannot have equal relation with others. The second type of love for God is not possessive, is to be possessed by God. Instead of you shaping God's will, you are shaped and formed by God's will. Instead of you remaining a little person with lots of ego, you grow your heart and reduce your ego to become a godly person. You belong to a tribe. But because of your faith in God, you are not only concerned about that tribe. You belong to a certain ethnicity, but you are not only concerned about that ethnicity because you are a servant of God who is God of all. You belong to one school, one denomination, one sect, one mazhab. But because you are servant of God of all, you want the good for everyone. Hmm. This is what we see in Prophets. This is what we see in Awliyaullah. Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Was not Rahmatun L'Quraish only. Rahmatun al-Arab only. Rahmatun lil muslimin only. Rahmatun lil alamin. How can you be Rahmatun lil alamin? You can be Rahmatun lil alamin if you are really servant of Rabbul alamin. If you are really servant of Rabbul alamin. Not that you think you are master. And you use the name of Rabbul Alameen. You know sometimes people have no you special respect for me. I am ordinary person. Yeah? How can I claim respect from people, obedience from people? But I misuse the name of religion. And I say because I hold this seat you have to respect me maybe i shy, i feel shy to say you have to worship me (laughs) but i say you have to respect you have to do this for me but i am just serving my ego this is something that more or less you see in all religions more or less Many people, consciously or unconsciously, they misuse name of God and religion for their own personal or uh, tribal or sectarian interests. But a true servant of Allah is the one that only wants to serve his master and because he knows his master loves everyone, he wants to serve everyone. Sometimes I use this example. Imagine if Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa wa sallam, honours us and comes to our mosque. Suppose for 24 hours we have Rasulullah with us in our mosque. What are you going to do? If you are very, very selfish, you don't let anyone know this. You lock the door and say, you know, I want to be free with Rasulullah 24 hours. Then I will tell people what Rasulullah said. If you are less selfish, you inform only your family. So I will tell my family, but not the rest of the community. If you are a little bit better, say, okay, only my community. No one else. These are the people, you know, who pay for, you know, electricity here, you know, bills, everything, you know. Only us. We don't have a car park. We don't have any facility. We have to benefit from Rasulullah. We record and then tell If you are less selfish, you say, no, this is not fair. We invite from every Shia community in the UK, some representatives, and we give them also a space. We say to our community, some of you are to be here, but you cannot have all of you. We have to give this opportunity to represent all the Shia. If you are more sincere, you say, but we have lots of Sunni brothers who love us. We should also give them chance. Yes? So we invite also them. So less people from us, we reduce, we give also chance to Sunnika But when you think more, say, but we are Muslim, we love Rasulullah anyway. We shouldn't give this chance to Christians and Jews and atheists. So what we do, we don't go, we just stand outside, we serve people, and give all this chance to them to visit Rasulullah. How many people think like this? You can find where you stand. Only you, only your family, only your community, only Shia, only Muslims. Or just give this chance to other people and say... I want to serve them. I just look after their cars, their shoes, I serve tea, because I want to give this chance to them. This is the example of God also, religion. If you are a true servant of God, you would be very happy to see people move towards God in any language, in any religion, Not that they are equal, don't get me wrong, because some people think all religions are equal, you know, pluralism. No, I'm not saying it's equal. It's not equal. But I'm saying that we should give chance to people to go to God and inshallah in this process they can improve. But if you say, no, None of your ways are accepted. It's only my way which is accepted. Whether you go in your place of worship or you don't go, it's (laughs) equal. This is not good. I have seen some Christians, not majority, just some kind of, you can say extremist Christian, who say Allah is not God. And Muslims should not say God. Allah is different from God. God is God of the Bible. God is loving, forgiving. Allah is God who calls for Jihad, or you know, punishes people, you know, takes them to hell, and so they emphasize on separation between Allah and God. There are also some Muslims who say Christians should not use Allah, they should say God. You know, one Muslim countries, they took some Christians to the court, why you say Allah? You confuse people, Allah is different from God, you should say God, not Allah, I don't want to say uh, from a linguistic point of view, is there a difference between two or there is no difference. I don't want to say that Arab Christians all say Allah. If you look at the Arab, Arabic Arab, Bible, it's Allah. I want to say, suppose even there was a difference, and it's not a matter of language. Why you want to insist on differences and change and you know turn differences into Partitions. Differences don't need to be partitions and walls. If you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you should love anyone who associates himself to God in any language. If someone is praying to God in his own tradition or her own tradition, that is not the way I do or prefer, but shouldn't I be happy? that Alhamdulillah, these people worship God. These people praise God. These people do charity for the sake of God. I should be happy. It is said that there was an idol worshiper who used to repeat this zekr. <laughs> this zekr for them. He used to say, Ya Sanam, Sanam is idol, no, we say bot, Sanam. So, Ya Sanam, Ya Sanam. Then once by mistake said Ya Sama. Just by mistake. They say God said Labaik. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is looking for an excuse. He doesn't impose himself. Because if he comes and you have not called him, then you would say, I didn't call you, why you came? You know, like for example, if your child doesn't want to see you and he's, you know, angry and crying and says, you know, if you come to the room, you know, I'm going to beat myself. Okay, you don't go into the room. But even if by mistake he called you, you jump. You called me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just waiting for us to invite him to our life. But we are looking for someone who is saying, Ya Samad, Ya Samad, to say by mistake, Ya Samam and go and say, you are not a Muslim. You are not a believer. You said, Ya... He said, I made mistake. I didn't know. <laughs> no, it's recorded. You said this. So, if someone is making mistake, this is what you know our ulama say Jahil qasir. someone who doesn't know this is, person is brought up like this between him and god this is the best way he understands you may say but he has to do research there are so many books so many scholars he has to go and ask, there is no Jahil Qasr today because there is no one who has no access to knowledge. But I think Allah is more merciful than, you know, saying that because there are books and scholars, no one today is Jahil Qasr. Why? Because when someone is brought up in a tradition, and has seen some positive things in that tradition, and feels some good experiences of connection to God, then it's very difficult for him to have any doubts that maybe there is another religion which is better, or another denomination which is very better. Most of people are like this. Don't expect everyone to be Avicenna or you know, Salman, People who are restless till they investigate everything and then they find the best. Most of people are just happy with what they are brought up with unless they face a problem. If they see this cannot solve my problem, if they see there is no consistency, for example, then they look for something else. Between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how many of us can say that if I was in their position, still I was a Muslim or I was a Shia? It's very difficult to collect. I know some people, if they were born in any part of the world, if they were brought up in any tradition, they would still be following the same thing. But how many? Not everyone. Maybe revert brothers and sisters, for example. Maybe some of us who really worked hard, studied, looked for the truth. But many people, they found this interesting. Maybe later they studied more. But it's not that they really believed because of search. So, my humble understanding is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to reject people who believe in him, believe in the hereafter, believe in revelation, but they belong to different traditions, different, especially Abrahamic traditions, and they think this is the best way for them. We have a very good discussion by Ayatollah Mutakhari in Divine Justice, Adl ilahi and you can refer to that. We have also a series on this. It's online, divine justice. There is discussion, beautiful discussion between Imam Sadeh and Zorara. Zorara was very much insisting, and even someone in the outside you know, said, I heard you know Zorara's voice was very high. He was saying to Imam Sadeh that everyone who is not a Shia should go to hell. And Imam Sadeh was saying, No. We have mustad afuun we have a al-amr It's not that everyone who is not a Shia would be deprived of them. It's how much this person was submissive to the truth, was open to the truth. In any case, this is a discussion for another time. What I want to say is you should not be confused between two things. You should not mix up two things. One is to be a firm believer with evidence, with yaqeen about your faith. And another thing which is to be exclusive, to be harsh with other people. To let no one have any share in God. These are two separate things. You can be a person with firm belief, with yaqeen. Every cell in your body, every drop of your blood says, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashadu Anna Muhammadan Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ashadu Anna Aliyan Waliyullah. But at the same time as a servant of God you feel that you have to help every person in his or her journey towards God. If people move towards God then inshallah in the right time Allah gives them more of the truth. But if these people stop then they would lose the chance i sometimes say if people don't go to the church shouldn't we be sad if people don't go to places of worship in any religion shouldn't we be sad do you think if they don't go to the church or the synagogue or, you know, temple, they come to the mosque? No. They go to the pubs. They go to, I don't know, places of doing haram or at least just doing nothing. So, we should be very happy that there are people who <coughs> praise God, worship God, work for God. The same is with Within Islam, if our Sunni brothers and sisters are praying, are reciting Qur'an, are fasting, we should be happy. Yes, if there is a a small group of people who want to kill Shia, who want to victimize Shia, that is the problem with that group. We shouldn't generalize. We shouldn't think every Sunni is like that. Unfortunately, we see that some people think all Muslims are extremists. Why? Because they generalize. So we should not make the same mistake, repeat the same mistake, and think all the Sunnis are extremists. No. Most of the Sunnis are very nice people. They are very, you know, kind people. Those who are troublemakers are not many. So, these are examples to make your mind sensitive about this issue, which has different branches, between religions, between mazahib, inside your faith. This person follows another marjan, I follow... Different merger. Sometimes you see, unfortunately, a sense of exclusion comes. A sense of rivalry comes. Religion has no place for rivalry. We love all merger. You follow another merger, that's your choice, your responsibility. You answer to Allah, I am at your service. What can I do? You need fatwa of your merger. If I know or I know someone, I will help you. Any help you want, I am at service. You are from another mosque. You are our guest. Not you are our guest. This is your mosque. What can we do for you? To help you in your ibadah, in your activities. So, we have to go very deep into all our thoughts, planning, intention and see is there anything secretly mixed with our intentions that doesn't let us to be only a servant of allah is any element of tribalism sectarianism ethnicity anything has mixed into it or not we have to be very careful and honest Quran says, "Qul ha sabili, adhu ila Allah basira Anan wa man tabani." Tell them this is my path. I call towards God. Iدعو to Allah with insight. Me and also anyone who follows me. This looks simple, but if you have insight, basira, you would realize that it's very, very difficult to say, "I am calling towards God." Many times, I am calling people towards myself, not towards God. But I cannot say, you know, I call you towards Sheikh Shomali. I have to say, I call you towards God, but through me. Through me, I connect you to God. Don't bypass me. Don't replace me. I am connecting you to God. Is this sincere? It's very, very difficult. I am not uh, still after so many years of, you know, being a I'm not uh, still sure I have overcome this problem. Maybe till I die, I cannot be sure. Unless, inshallah, Allah himself tells me how you are, you were. Well. It's very difficult to say that, like Ibrahim, inna salati wa وَمَحْيَايَةً وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ I repeat this, but I, you know, really am fearful that. I don't say it, you know, as kind of a statement. I just say, Ibrahim said this. I read the ayat. إِنَّ My ibāda is <laughs> for Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. My rituals, my life is for Allah. I eat for Allah, I drink for Allah, I go for, I don't know, work for Allah, I sleep, I rest, I go for holidays, I don't know, everything is for Allah. And of course if your life is for Allah, then your death is also for Allah. But this is what we need to achieve. Especially those who are doing religious activities. If ordinary people have to be like this, an alim needs to be more like this. A religious leader, a religious activist has to be more concerned about this issue. It's very difficult. That your da'wah is only towards Allah subhanahu wa In a, some of our books, like for example, Muniyatul Murib. They say, you know, sometimes Shaitan comes and tries to deceive you. For example, you are an alim. And you see that there is another alim in the same town. And people go to his lectures, to his more. Do you feel happy or not? Many people don't feel happy. And then, Shaitan deceives them. Said, you know why you are not happy? Not because you are jealous or selfish. You are not happy because you are not getting that much reward that he is getting. You are only concerned about reward. Why you are concerned very much about your Muharram Majalis? You want to have more crowd because you want to get more reward. Why you don't bother whether other people have, you know, Majalis they can afford because you want more reward for your Majlis? This is Shaitan. Because if you are doing this for the sake of Allah, if you want to Establish Azhar for Abu Abdullah Alayhi Salam. For you all Majalis should be the same. Yes, you have more responsibility for this Majlis. You have to make sure this Majlis is run in the best way. But for you all Majalis are the same. I sometimes say this example: If your father. God forbid, dies. And people who knew him and loved him, they hold majadas in different cities in the world. How do you feel? Do you get angry? Who t- told you to hold majadas for my father? Only my majadis is official. You no, know, if you love your father, you want to kiss their hand, you know, that they are holding majalas for your father. And which one you give more preference? Those majalas. Because it, these people are so kind that they have, you know, decided, so if there is anything I can do, I give priority to them. So if you really are concerned about Azafur Abu Abdullah Alayhi Salaam You want to help any person in the world who is doing this. You want to kiss their hand and you feel all majalis belong to you. But if you think, no, the majalists that I go is the most important, my then there is a problem. So we have to rethink many things. On the surface what we do seems okay but after examination we find traces of ego are very you know uh, carefully hidden. The late Ayatullah al-Ozma Burujerdi, Rahmatullah when he was dying they say there was a meeting, many Ulama, Mujtahideen were there and he was very concerned. So they told him, Alhamdulillah you have made and offered lots of services, you have trained mujtahideen you have revived Hose, you have published books, you have made Masjid Azam, you have made Masjid in Hamburg. Many things you have done, Alhamdulillah. You have sent the scholars to different cities, lots of tabligh. But then he said, "Akhlaq al Amal, naqida basir purify your action because the one who is going to examine them is Basir. he is very good and sharp in his vision. not in Arabic nowadays we say like critique or examination but originally was to evaluate coins. To see whether they are fake or genuine. You know, there was golden coin, there was silver coin. Sometimes they were fake. (laughs) Naqdudderhan meant to assess whether this is fake. Our actions look nice, but like a fake coin. (laughs) People may not understand. Even I may not understand. But there is someone that nothing will remain hidden from. Ayatullah Borujerdi is the one that he says, I have not done anything for my Marja'iyah. He said this when he was going to go to mashad, and people were saying that we should. Arrange a very good welcome for you in every city that you pass, because you know, was by, not plane, but by bus or car. So they said, because you are great, Marja, and you know he was somehow unique. Because in certain times, you know, sometimes marja is only one person represented. So they said we should make sure that in every city on the way to Mashhad, there is a good welcome for you. And he said, in all my life, I didn't do anything for Marjorie. This person, with so much carefulness, he is still concerned. If we are not concerned, it's not because we are better than him. If we are not concerned, it's because we have not taken these things seriously. When Ibrahim and Ismail, who are prophets and are raising walls of Kaaba with the instruction of Allah, Still they are concerned and say Taqabbal minna Then who am I? What action I had Better than the action of Ibrahim and Ismail you know, Is there anything better That Allah tells you Restore my house Allah tells you And you are a prophet Still they say Taqabbal minna antas Lady Zaynab Referring to the body of Imam Hussain says to Allah, taqattal. So, no one should dismiss this chance that our actions might not be sincere and therefore might not be accepted. So, we have to be constantly thinking, constantly analyzing, and see how we can improve our sincerity. How can we shorten the distance between the way we look at things and the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at things? Our journey would be complete if you are able to look at everything in the way that Allah looks at everything. Of course, not perfectly, we can never be like that. You can get close to that level. You know, for me, it's very difficult to look at things without thinking of being a man, an Iranian, Shia, Alem, you know, all these things can shape my understanding. If I'm able to benefit from all this, but not restricted and limited by these things, and then get closer to the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at things, that's the end of my journey. I don't expect us to be at that level now, but I'm saying we have to work constantly on improving our sincerity let me read for you or maybe let, let's have a break and then inshallah I read some hadith and then inshallah I give you a question for group discussion. So I sec- uh, my second talk would be very short so that we can have inshallah enough time for discussion. I would like to emphasize again at the end that I am not talking about pluralism. I am not talking about every person, you know, uh, treating, you know, others equally or you know according to his own desires i am very much committed to a scholarly approach to islam but i am saying that a scholarly approach to islam requires that in your heart you are open you are not open in methodology you are not liberal in you know t- taking things from different places We follow the path of our ulama, our marajah. But this is what we have learned from them. Be strong in your faith, but not rigid. People become loose in their faith. That is not what we want. I very much love this part of khutbatul muttaqeen. Amirul al says, فَمِنْ عَلَامَةِ أَحَدِهِمْ أَنَّكَ تَرَى لَهُ قُبَّةً فِي دِينَ وَحَزْمًا فِي دِينَ Among the signs of muttaqeen is that you find they have a strength in faith, but at the same time they are farsighted and they are gentle. Be strong in your faith. If all people question you, You should not be shaken. You should not, you know, doubt. But at the same time, be farsighted. Be a person who plans. And lean. Be soft. You don't need to be rigid. You don't need to be harsh. Strength comes with gentleness. Those who are not gentle, they are weak. Because they are weak, they shout they scream, they attack. Those who are strong, they are calm. Rasulullah was very gentle, very calm. So, this was what I wanted to say at the end. So, it should not be ambiguous that when it comes to our aqay, to our practices, we have very clear Alhamdulillah understanding But what I was saying Was about heart About sincerity About openness About infatah In in your heart This is what we need May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Give us ability to Distinguish Between what is Sincere And what is selfish And just go for what is sincere, inshaAllah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alam.